You are listening to Zero E Michigan with Carl Bloss and Larry Hudson. On this show, we try to explore and simplify what's happening with electric vehicles, energy generation, and zero emissions topics with a focus on our home state of Michigan. Together with our guests, we demystify topics related to driving electric in Michigan and how you can select, charge, maintain, and get the maximum value out of your EV. This podcast is sponsored by Consumers Energy and the Power My Drive program. Start your EV journey at consumersenergy.com slash EV. Welcome back to the Zero E Michigan podcast. I'm Carl Bloss, and my partner is... Larry Hudson. Thanks for joining us today. We didn't have a podcast last week. I was traveling. So let's dive right into today's topic, which is smartphone apps. So when you do EV charging, for most people, it's going to involve a smartphone and associated apps. And that can be a blessing or a curse. So I want to dive a little bit into that. So let's get started with, do you even need a smartphone? So, um, and that came up for me. I have some friends who recently got a Volkswagen ID4. And one of the partners has a smartphone and the other one doesn't. So the one with the smartphone was able to get the Electrify America app, which Volkswagen uses and gives you free charging for one or two years. And then the other partner, they said, well, we're just going to get an RFID card for the other networks. So we did a video on that a while back on RFID cards. Larry, you have a Chevy Volt, but you don't use the Chevy app. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I've had a Chevy Volt for, I got got one in 2012, so over 10 years now. And right away, ChargePoint was a thing, but it was pretty much the only thing. And I think probably within the next three years, so what, 2012, maybe 2015, I came across uh, PlugShare. And then back then, it was more people like allowing charging at their house. Yeah, that that was the original so, purpose. Yeah, so that's how I was using it. So I, I went to several people's houses in Indiana, up in Kalamazoo, and would plug my car in. And it was more, you know, it's a Chevy Volt that's got a generator. And ironically, we the, the podcast we did a couple of weeks ago, one of the guys commented, Larry, you have a choice. You probably shouldn't be charging it. And I never really thought about it. I was in, you know, for 10 years, I was just in this cadence about, letting people see me plug in, letting the chargers be used, because for the most part, you would just see chargers everybody, never see people plugged in. But he's right, just in the last year here, wow, I see someone plugged in, besides Tesla chargers. All the other chargers are being used. The Tesla chargers, I'm still seeing, you know, six, eight, ten chargers just sitting. But anyways, so I right away got one card, and then I bought a second, and when you say say card, a, when you say card, you mean the RFID card? Yeah, the, just a little the little, little key fob thing. Mm -hmm. And and so then I ordered a second card. Then I got a, a third bolt because I'm buying them, needing to be refreshed, damaged, whatever. And so my son was driving one, I'm driving the other, and the third one's in the middle of getting repaired. But I could still drive around, and I just really like the card. By the time I open the app, and every time you get a new Chevy Volt, you get like six months of free app. But for me, the way my brain works, I just love having that card in the car, in my wallet, and you just walk up and you tap it. 
because it always seemed like the lag time, getting the app opened up, and then, you know, the machine. I just like the card. Yeah. Now, having said that, um, most cars do come with an app, and it's most of the basic functionality is still free, and it remains free. So I have a Kia Nero along with my Tesla, and the the Kia app will let you do certain functions even if you don't pay for the the premium connectivity. So one of the things that I think is the most useful is to see what is your state of charge? You know, what is your battery percent? Because if you're particularly on a level two charger, the level two charger doesn't give that information to the charging network. So the only way to really see what is your state of charge is for your car's own app. So whether you own a Kia or a Chevy or a, a Tesla, I think it's super useful to have that the, the your car's app just to see what is the status of your car. But then you mentioned plug share, and I would say that to me that's the number two. Uh, some would say the number one. I you know I think you might say it's the, the number one app to have. And so what is plug share? You you talked about the history of it is that if you had a home charger and you were willing to share that with others that were visiting your area, then you could let people know, hey, it's okay to charge at my place. And you could put that in the description. So I have used that once and, and those are still there. If you open up the app or the plugshare.com, you'll see the blue icons with a little house. And uh, so those are still available. I used one of those up in the UP when I rode my motorcycle from Marquette down to the bridge. Uh, There's a guy named Ivan. He had a NEMA 1450 and I contacted him ahead of time and said, hey, would it be possible to use your 1450 outlet? And he said, absolutely. Didn't want to take any payment. I would have, you know, gladly right. sent them a couple of bucks on PayPal. So I have used that, uh, but mostly PlugShare now is also for finding the public charging. The green will be the level two and the orange will be the DC fast chargers. So to me, PlugShare is the absolute number two. Beyond that, um, you can use... EV charging with RFID cards, with credit cards, uh, without having a smartphone, but it quickly turns into a situation where you're going to have a ton of cards. And I do have probably five or six cards in my glove box and they are handy. Um, but the other thing that the apps always do is they tell you the current status of which chargers are being used, whether they're online, offline, what is the cost uh, you know, how many kilowatt hours have you gotten? What is your running cost total? So it is it is useful right. for that. So one other one I wanted to highlight that I think every EV driver should have is a better route planner. Um, so whether you use the web interface, so ABRP or abetterrouteplanner.com and the associated app, um, this is just a general planning driving app that you can use with any car, an ICE car, an EV um, but what's neat about it is if you put your vehicle into it and say, I want to go from point A to point B, it will calculate what it thinks is the most optimal places for you to stop. And you can set parameters of whether you want to stop longer and sh and fewer stops or you want to stop for a shorter period of time and more often. So all those kind of parameters, your vehicle's uh, efficiency. So I find that a super useful tool. There's a free version, yeah. and then there's a premium version where you can get additional functionality. I heard that. Yeah, you could really nerd out. Like, if you know, you normally do the trip by yourself, so you know that you can go whatever distance. But all of a sudden, you're taking four people with you, so you can dive in that you're, you know, you're carrying extra weight. You're towing a trailer like when you're 
tow yeah, your you, motorcycle. Yeah, you can change the efficiency. And, mm-hmm. But let me give you another example. So those same friends of mine with the Volkswagen, um, they just got their car, so they get free charging on Electrify America. So one of the things I showed them was they were going from Michigan to Cleveland, and because they get free charging at Electrify America, I changed the settings so that they preferred the Electrify America stations because they always got those for free. So you can say only visit those. So you can give those a preference depending yeah, on which yeah. which networks you are most, most comfortable with or if you have a particular pass with them. So I find that particularly useful with, with that tool. So Google, then, I forgot. Google Maps also has that. Now, you can, as you're just doing on Google Maps, and and actually in the last two years, I started playing with that. Yeah, that's true. And if you if you follow people like um Mark Travels, he's um he he rides an electric motorcycle uh throughout the world and he's using Google to find uh charging stations. Uh but then at the end of the day, you still need some way to activate the stations. So, right. so you you always end up coming back to the smartphone apps for those charging networks. And so here in Michigan, I would say the biggest one, and you've already mentioned it, Larry, is ChargePoint. Um, they're just ubiquitous. Uh, what's also nice is you do have a lot of free ChargePoint stations. So right here in Muskegon, we have uh, free ChargePoint stations in the downtown and at the beach. There are paid chargers. For those uh, that are viewing this on YouTube, you'll see behind me the DC Fast Chargers um, in, in Whitehall. So those are paid. So then you have to link a credit card to it. You have to have an account, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we mentioned Electrify America. I think that one is worth having. Uh, you can pay with a credit card, but if you have any of the preferential treatment from the, from Electrify America, again, if your vehicle comes with free charging or you have one of the paid, the Pass Plus membership, which in the past was $4 a month. And what that did for you, you would buy down the per kilowatt hour rate. So if I remember correctly, if you didn't have the Pass Plus, it was forty-seven cents per kilowatt hour, and if you did have the Pass Plus, then it was thirty-six. So there was like an eleven cent difference, and so it worked out. If you charged at least thirty-three kilowatt hours per month, then it was a wash, and anything more than that, you were saving money. Now they recently sent out an email that they're going to be changing that to seven dollars a month, and they no longer have unified rates. It's going to be on a per site basis so we'll have to see how that how that shakes out but uh, wow. but again still still worth having again here in michigan just focusing on that shell recharge is another good one i find that a lot of meyer locations have shell recharge level two chargers and they give you one hour for free while you're shopping after that one hour it turns into two dollars per hour but it's kind of like a fuel perk if you will so if you shop at meyer and you're there for an hour you know you can get seven kilowatt hours and maybe that's enough to get you home and back and certainly it's kind of a cool little freebie now what is it what kind of charges are there that that admires i know there's the tesla what is the charger you're referring to or is yeah, that the tesla charge well meyer has uh they have tesla chargers typically but they also will have either the uh the charge point dc fast for non-teslas and then these shell recharger the level twos they're kind of small if you don't know what you're looking for, they're just a tiny little box, and they usually have about four of them in, in one location. Uh, in Lansing, I think they only have two. But here in Muskegon, in Holland, in Grand Rapids, Meyer Cascade, they'll have four of those level two chargers. So another good one to have, I'm finding, is uh, Blink. 
particularly like in Traverse City or recently in, in Ludington, Ludington Bay, they put in a blink charger. So that's an app worth having. And a lot of these do have RFID cards. Sometimes there's a cost associated with them, but uh, I always recommend getting the RFID card. Like Larry said, you don't need to fumble with the app and sometimes stuff is offline that it'll with the card, it almost always works. Right. Yeah. And similarly, EVGO, we don't see a lot of those here in West Michigan, but I know out in the Detroit area, there are some of those in Chicago. If you start getting outside of Michigan, you start to see more EVGO. And of course, one neat thing about EVGO is they're ahead of the curve in terms of putting uh, the NACS connector, the the Tesla style connector. Uh, they've been doing that for a little while where you can um, you can plug directly into your Tesla without an adapter. And the other thing is they also have this plug and charge system where you don't need to fumble with a card or an app or anything like that. It will read your car's VIN as long as you pre-register your car with their system. Wow, that's so, great. So I, I recently um, registered my Tesla with EVGO, so now I'm curious about how well that works. So where are these EVGOs? What, you said that's Chicago. Were you running into that? Yeah, the Chicago area. I found them in St. Louis. Um, if you look in the eastern part of, of Michigan, Detroit area, I've seen a few EVGOs. And so they're like a competitive charge point then, basically. Right. Yeah, it's just another just another network. Or is it more like a Charge America? That's the VW. Well, I mean, they're all competing networks. It's just, again, use use PlugShare to find the station that you need and then see which network they're on. And then, you know, get the app. I always recommend get the app and create an account before you get to that site. Because otherwise, you're going to be sitting there trying to download an app with, you know, potentially spotty network connectivity. And you got to create an account and create a password and put in your credit card and all that stuff. So if you can do that ahead of time, you'll save yourself some some headache when you actually go to charge. And so you I like that word you use opportunity charging. Mm -hmm. So when I, I grew up in Denver, so and I live in Michigan now, so I'll make that trip especially a lot more so when my son was younger. And I noticed that Walmart had, is it Charge America? What's that? Electrify America. I think Electrify America. Mm -hmm. So from here to Denver, that's pretty much all there was, was Electrify America's at Walmart and then um, Charge Point at like businesses and shopping malls mm -hmm. is what the two that, this has been a couple of years back now. Now you also mentioned that that the one charging system started having Tesla, but how, like in the last year or for a couple of years? Uh, I think they they started that trend before the whole NACS kerfuffle that happened here recently, where GM and Ford are all you know getting on board with that. I yeah. think they've, they've done that to cater to the to the Tesla crowd before that before that. You mean like was years made. advanced, several years ago? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I know it's been out there. They've mentioned it um, as part of their marketing that, you know, they have both CCS and the Tesla connector. And essentially you go up to the charger, just going to have two cores, one's yeah. one, one's the other, right? Right. Which I you're mean, seeing more and more. I mean, just on, like you on, today, you see at the charge point DCFC is like the one behind me. There's a Chatamo and there's a CCS, right? So I think the Chatamo is, as we know, is going to be dying out. So chances are ChargePoint and the others are probably going to be retrofitting 
that Chatamo connector. So sorry, leaf owners, sorry uh, to the others that, that use Chatamo, but that's unfortunately the way that the industry is going. Uh, chances are they're going to be swapping out the Chatamo for an NACS connector. And I hear you. I hear you saying that. But you know, I still feel that the masses are a little bit more. You know, like eighty percent of people have a little bit of like, I want my car to kind of look nice, right? And so the twenty percent, or maybe even ten percent of people, they don't care what their car looks like as long as they can, you know, be green. And I feel like that's been a black eye on the EV community, right? We, I, like for me, I just, I remember my first time I got involved in electric vehicles and the guy that was running Kiva, now Paul runs it, but 10 years ago, he wanted me to go pick up a brand new Leaf. I, I was like, no, I'm not driving that ugly thing. Come and on, Larry. It's like, really? <laughs> it's, but it's I mean, an issue I'm, for me. But and look I, at the I Mitsubishi. Still feel like Look at the Mitsubishi. I mean, oh, that one too. I mean, you would, that, I wouldn't even go for a ride in that. Oh, come on, but it's so, me, but it's I, so ugly. It's cute. <laughs> it's so ugly. It's cute. Look, look, Ben Nelson over in Wisconsin. You know, we had him on the podcast. He, um, he's got one that he's got cow splotches on. It. I mean, come on, how cute is that? Yeah, he even built yeah, a little no, cow cool. horn, right? Yeah. So yeah. some people yeah. can pull it off, but you know, I, I got, but again, I really feel like I am glad that the ugly. You know, it's just I don't get it. I again too. I'm. I feel like we should do diesel gate on on Prius and on Toyota and on Nissan because they both made beautiful cars. They kind right. of just well, use the same. Larry, I got to anyway. come on. We're not talking about that today. I got to reel you back in. <laughs> All right. I think the new Prius actually looks pretty cool. Uh, believe it or not. Yeah, right? yeah. They finally, you know, which is kind of funny because you know if you've seen that bumper sticker, it says uh, "Cool Prius," says no one ever. Right. <laughs> and people put that on their Prius just to, you know, self-deprecating. But the, but I think I the new one actually you, looks pretty decent. Yeah, the new Prius. I agree. I like it. I could I drive that. But all right, let's refocus here. I just wanted to mention a couple more. You know, I personally have like a dozen charging apps on my phone, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Right. There really ought to be one app that rules them all. Unfortunately, we're not there yet. So let me mention a couple other ones real quick here. So NLX, um, there's the NOA and Juice Pass Enterprise. And I have to say, if there's a wrong way to implement it, NLX has done it. Uh, this is such a nightmare with those. They have QR codes. I never know which app I'm supposed to use. The NOA, the Juice Pass Enterprise, some of them have a web interface. Um, those guys need to figure that out better. But um, yeah, sometimes you have to do it. There's EV Connect. Um, there's Amp Up. Um, and then one of the things I've started seeing is that, that some of the convenience stores like 7-Eleven and Circle K are starting to put chargers in. And I noticed when I was down in Virginia, there was a Circle K charger and you needed a Circle K EV charging app. So just be aware of that. Um, I think those stations do also accept credit cards, but it might be it might be worth having those. So just look at where you're going on PlugShare and then just get it as you need it. And then right. I did I did want to mention also that there are some that don't use an app at all, but they you still need a smartphone because you need a mobile web interface. And the one that I can think of here in Michigan is the Red E network. And uh, they've spread pretty far and wide here. And so you'll see those on level two chargers, on DC fast chargers. I know there are some um, around the west side of the state. So you basically go up to them. They've got a QR code. You put up your smartphone. And then it brings up a web interface where you can put in a credit card and, 
you know, just charge without having to download a special app for that. If you go to Canada, just remember, you're going to have a whole other set of apps. Um, for example, Electrify Canada, the equivalent network to Electrify America, has a separate app. So you can't use the Electrify America app at the Electrify Canada. So just remember that if you're going across the border, you need a new app, uh, you need to put a credit card, all that good stuff. Um, Flow, FLO, is another widespread network over there. One neat thing about the Flow chargers is they seem to have roaming agreements with ChargePoint. So I think you can authorize the Flow chargers with a ChargePoint account. Um, but if you don't want to rely on that, download the Flow app. Um, and then in uh, the French-speaking part of Canada, in Quebec, you have the Cirque Electrique, so CE. Uh, look for those. Um, so there might be some others out there. And for what it's worth, from what I've seen from Ontario, Quebec, they do have a pretty dense charging network. Uh, dense meaning a lot of them not stupid. Uh, but um, yeah, so uh, if you go up to Canada, just make sure you got the right apps. So what do you think that, why did Canada adopt EVs? What What is it that made, you know what I mean? I find that interesting, that yeah, they I'm, seem to be more progressive, but just a more uh, mature culture. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I I suspect because it's a little bit more of a, um, you know, socially thinking country. They probably have more incentives for the charging, so uh, the charging hosts probably get a lot more rebates. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And so, when you're saying kind of the way the government helps with the healthcare, and so they're also more apt to put chargers and like we have a problem consumers can't just put up free vehicle charging because then the people that have to go get gas would complain. But in Canada, they maybe can get away with that. Again, Canada is a little bit more, I don't want to say socialist, but social thinking. Like you said, the the healthcare, the tuition, those are included with the, the taxes that you pay. So I suspect it's very similar with the charging infrastructure. So one of the things I wanted to point out, so when you have these apps that require payment, um, a lot of them maintain a balance uh, of funds in that account. So kind of like a Starbucks account or an easy pass where you load it up with 20 bucks and then it kind of chips away at that balance, which it's kind of annoying because in some cases you're going to have funds that are tied up for months and years. So I have an EVgo account and I think I loaded it with 20 bucks years ago and I used one of them at the um, in the Chicago area and then I really haven't used it since. So I think I've had you know, 15 bucks sitting there forever. Um, for what it's worth, a lot of those networks are switching to the pay-as-you-go, pay-per-session. Pay I've noticed ChargePoint has started doing that. Um, so I kind of like that a little bit better. Tesla does it that way too. For every charging session, you get an individual credit card uh, line item. What did we miss? Uh, you know, what what networks do you like? What apps do you like? Um, so tell us in the comments below. Or, um, you know, shoot us an email. Uh, let us know what works for you. For the comments that people have been posting, we appreciate that. And uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed or learned from this episode of Zero E Michigan, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Visit our YouTube channel for other related videos at youtube.com slash at the number zero E-Michigan.